What's going on people? Fatson here and welcome to episode 12 of the Fatson Podcast. This is a special one. We told you we're coming back with some serious content and we've done it once again. We call this one the Album Club, but we're going to get into that in just a minute. First of all, introductions. As always, I'm not on my own. Joined by the one and only, my right-hand man, Mr. Player Player, C to the J. What you say, my bro? Hey, 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 what's good? What's good? We out here, man. We outside, man. Thanks again yeah. for having me, Fed. Yes, indeed, we are outside. And our second guest, we brought the boy back once again. And you'll understand why once we get into this. But it's the boy NIC. NI, welcome back to the Fats and Podcast, bro. What are you saying? Thank you. Thank you both. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's been a while. Uh, um... Yeah, man, ready to give the people what they want, man. We outside, bro. Yes, indeed, we are outside. And that's your saying, actually. You came up with it. So, yeah, we're outside. We're out here. Um, and I just want to take this opportunity, Nick, to say thank you. Thank you for for the work that you did on the GOAT series. Um, if it wasn't for you, you really, really pushed us to, to get it done. And and I appreciate that. I really do. The numbers it did was absolutely incredible. So So thank you, bro. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's 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 my pleasure, man. It's I really enjoyed doing it. You know, I had to push you guys to do it. I know you really wanted to, but uh, it's just to pull everybody together, put you all in the same room at the same time, so we can uh, so we can give the people what they want, man. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just really grateful that it was well received by the listeners. Uh, I don't take it for granted, and I hope they keep listening and keep supporting and uh, keep engaging, really. Yep, I agree with you, and uh, you've also got some new fans <laughs> off the back of it. Um, you you are a whiskey connoisseur, as you said. Um, so yeah, man, that I mean that was all thanks to you, man. The the lists were received well by some people; others others had a, a bone to pick. But you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. That's why we do these things, you know. CJ, what were you gonna say? I was about to say, now nah, go go to the go to one and two is a classic, man. I seen uh, I seen people got top five lists nowadays. So I was like, damn. <laughs> wow, here he goes. It is what it is. I guess that's all I'm gonna say for now. <laughs> <laughs> top five list for anything, bro. I've seen a top five list for food, man, nowadays. So. Inspiring a generation is what we're doing. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not firing shots um, just yet, at least. <laughs> so, boys, um, Drake drops certified lover boy. Kanye drops Donda. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Um, I'm too sexy for my... Too sexy for my... Yo, man, for real, though. We got we to gotta figure out what we're going to do with that song. Because I don't feel like that's a song you can just play with the homies, you know? I think, like, this is, you need a couple of females in the joint when that song comes on. And the reason I started with that song is because that's how I feel about this album right now. You know, I'm like, do I like this song or, or should I not like this song? You understand what I'm saying? Because that song with Future, the Way Too Sexy joint, it's number one on the charts right now. And when I when I bump it sometimes I'm like, yo, this is a dope joint. And then um other times when I bump it too, I'm like, yo, I can't be listening to this shit. I'm a grown man, you know? Dog, uh I don't I don't want to cut you off. I'm gonna let you finish, but but on that note, can we just appreciate that dude took uh what was basically a gay anthem? Uh, I think it was right said Fred. Bro, and just flipped it on us and made it a, and brought it back and, and made it a hit. Can we not appreciate that from a musical standpoint, though? Yeah, man, hundred percent. Sorry to cut in. Is this not just testament to the creativity and production as well? Do you know what I mean? No, no, no. Definitely, definitely. It's just that, like I said, it, with with this song, it's one of them. Where I'm like, 
you know, I'm, I'm like a hip-hop head, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, sometimes I'm like, this song is dope. And then other times I'm like, dude, should I really be listening to this? And how many how many dudes can I listen to this song with in the car? You know what I'm saying? It has to be a quota. <laughs> but but that's but that's pretty much how I feel about this whole um, Certified Lover Boy album, you know? I don't know if I should like it. I don't know if I should hate it. What I would say is like, I still feel we're getting the same Drake on this album. Elaborate on that point. What do you mean? I haven't really seen any room for growth when it comes to Drake on uh, the Certified Lover Boy album. Where I was really disappointed with Drake was like, I thought he would address his son more on this album. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to Drake, for me, I feel like he still hasn't given us that magnum opus. Because if we can argue his best albums, we can say Take Care. We can say uh, Nothing Was the Same. We can say If You're Reading This Is Too Late. But I'm still waiting for Drake to give me that magnum opus of an album. And on this one, I feel like he's still keeping it safe. No, I hear you. I hear you. Nick, what are your thoughts on that? No, it makes complete sense, man. Um, But so let me just address some of the things you said. So, so, so... Uh, first of all, I completely agree that we haven't seen that growth and maturity from Drake on this one, man. It sounds like uh, it's in the same vein as all of the previous albums were. But then again, what were we really expecting from an album that's entitled Certified Loverboy? Of course, we ain't bumping those tracks in the car with the with the boys, with the man, them, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's this is for the ladies, bro. Like, but but he told you from from jump, man. Even just with the name of the album, how we how we flexing on this one? Yeah, yeah. But um, we addressed this in in the GOAT series, and was it part one? Um, Drake's just that guy. He'll make music that will that will appeal to to everyone, from from grown ass men, <laughs> I hate to say it, to teenage girls and and everyone else in between. What's the phrase you use, Nick? Can't remember. What is it? What is the phrase again? Professional rapper, CJ likes to say. That's the one. My bad, it was CJ. But that's the thing with Drake. Were we were we expecting anything less? I mean, but it's like it's like sorry for using this term, but it's like sometimes he's tickling my balls, man, because you know, like we get um. We get we get champagne poetry at first. Yo, champagne poetry might might be one of the coldest tracks I heard this year, bro. Champagne poetry is a dope, dope, dope joint. You know what I'm saying? And then after that, you still get the uh, the TSU. You know, uh, no friends in the industry. So it's like he gives he he puts me on these highs, and I'm like, damn, he's really gonna go in on this album. And then he does the same old simp Drake stuff as well, you know? So it's like, for me, I'm just still indifferent with it, man. I mean, we can go through a few of the songs like uh, The Love All With Hove. I didn't really need another Jay-Z and Drake track, if I'm being honest with you. I just don't think Jay-Z and Drake have the best chemistry. Personally, that's me. I think I think Drake and Future, like you've seen, have more chemistry than uh, Jay and um, Drake do. So, yeah, no, like I was saying, you know, like champagne poetry hits you with that hard, raw stuff, you know what I mean? But then after that, it's like uh, girls want girls, you know what I'm saying? Fair trade, no friends in the industry. I'm like, ah, so up and down with it for Drake. And like I said, I, I, me personally, as a hip hop head slash guy who loves music, I just I just need him to, to concentrate on, on on giving the people that just one magnum opus. And, you know, like the thing with Drake is like, like I, I call him a pro, uh, professional rapper because it's like he's fi- he's figured out the streaming game. You know what I'm saying? That's why this album's long too, because he's got to get those streaming numbers as well. But I think an artist like Drake, for for a guy Drake size, I think he can do a ten track album that's just just caters to making that one specific classic album. 
until this day, like what's Drake, like 33, 34, he's, I, I don't think he's really grown as an artist or as an MC. That's the problem I have with this album. Very, very interesting. So, Nick, what are your thoughts? What are you saying, bro? Uh, um, no, I hear, I hear you. And, and I think you've done a really good job of defining Drake uh, not so much as an artist, but an entertainer. Like you pointed out the fact that Dude's album is so long because he's got to get the streams in which is obviously a, a, a fiscal decision as opposed to an artistic decision. So I think it's a reflection of the man's mind state. He's not, he's not necessarily out here trying to make a, a magnum opus or a masterpiece or, or whatever the case is. He's out here to stack that paper. Now, uh, should that be the case? No, not necessarily. Would I like to see a magnum opus album, you know, a, a blueprint or, you know, a reasonable doubt or a ready to die from, from the likes of Drake? Of course I would because... Uh, he's definitely uh, got the tools. He's got the toolkit to to deliver one, um, but he just doesn't have the uh, compulsion to do so. So um, I think my whole thing is like, okay, but that aside, then can we just judge the album as a piece of work um, separate to what do we want him to do or what is he supposed to do? But if we just look at the album, what did you think of it as a piece of work, as a cohesive project? Did you like it or not? I thought, I, I, like I said, I thought it was decent, man. Like, um, I thought it was decent. I, I think, I think it's got bangers. You know and I'm saying you can, you can ride the, you can ride the whip, you can ride in the whip with this album, pretty much. Every, every track really bangs, man. I, I can't say there's really any bad songs on this album. You know what I mean? Like all the tracks, they, they, they snap. It caters to all his fans, if I'm being honest with you. And that's one thing I, I do give him credit for. Like he knows. He's got a, d- a diverse fan base, so he always has to credit them. Uh, or he, he always has to do w- work for them. So, really, it bangs for me, man. It's just that, is it classic material? Nah, I wouldn't say so. Am I going to, like, revisit this album in a year and a half? I don't think so, man. Honestly, don't. Th- there might be a few songs in my playlist that I'll keep playing from this album, but I don't specifically think I'm going to go back and be like, yo, N.I., fan, a certified lover boy, though, man. Five mics. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Nick, what about you then? Um, you know, it's, it's complicated for me, dude, because um, um, the thing is, I'm, I'm quite rebellious when it comes to music. Uh, Drake is just one of those artists that I, I've always been conflicted with because on the one hand, you know, when he really puts his uh, mind to it, he, he, lyrically speaking, um, he's he's great, bro. Like, he held his own Lil Wayne and Eminem on a track. I think that's a testament to his lyrical ability. Uh, can he make hits? We know he can make hits. He's done it consistently throughout his career. I do agree with your point of view that we haven't seen development or growth. That is one box that he's not ticking at the moment. But if I just look at this album in isolation as a project, I, I think it's especially in today's standards against uh, everything else that, that's coming out. I think it's superb uh, from a production standpoint. I think it's great from, from, from a concept standpoint. I think it's great. Uh, a little bit long. Um, I'll agree with you on that. It could have been a little bit shorter. I personally love the album, bro. Okay, okay. I see you. I see where you're coming from. CJ, your boy Kanye. What's the story then? Talk to us. Can you tell me someone who needs Jesus? Love. <laughs> I actually love that song, man. I actually love that song, man. Um, we're talking about the Donda record now. Because... <clears throat> 
Kanye is kind of like the polar opposite of Drake right now because Kanye West is the king of the classic albums. So I'm talking about like my beautiful dog Twisted Fantasy. College dropout, late registration, graduation. We can even argue the life of Pablo. So right now when it's coming with Kanye West, we're we're trying to see like, yo, does Kanye still have it, man? You know what I'm saying? Is he is he still making them classic records, them classic albums, or as the kids like to say, is he washed up? So at first I was listening to this album. The first time I listened to this album, I was like, I was like, yeah, man, Ye's washed up, bro. You know, the music just doesn't snap the same way it did. But my man NIC kept hitting me up. He's like, yo, CJ, you heard the record. And I'm like, bro, I heard it, man. I'm just, I'm not feeling it. But guys keep hitting me up and saying, like, yo, CJ, have you heard the record? And I'm like, okay, okay, let me let me, let me, me give it another spin. So I, I, I pretty much just listened to the album every day until it caught on. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, tracks like Remote, uh, Keep My Spirit Alive. Believe what I say, Moon, Lord, I need you, Jesus is Lord. You know, I'm feeling all those joints. No question about it. And it's also good to see that, like, uh, he featured Jay Electronica on the album. You know, he featured the locks as well. But, you know, he did that after the verses. So I'm not going to give him too much credit for that. And, you know, Hove is on the album, too. I wasn't feeling that Hove track either, but it's all good. It's nice to see them back in the studio together. Yeah. So is it a classic then? I can't call it a classic, man. It's it's just way too long, bro. It's way too long. And, you know, um, lyrically, I, I don't think Kanye's is as dope as he used to be. I know he's had a few ghostwriters here and there, but I just, I don't find his rhyme scheme great anymore. But, I mean, production-wise, Kanye's still A-plus producer, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I won't say this album is trash, but I'm not going to say it's, like, college dropout-level classic. Yeah, that's really surprised me, to be fair. Um, just because I know how highly you rate him. So my next question to you is going to be, talk to me about what you think about the, the production on this album. Yeah, I mean, dude, like this, the, the, the soul sampling is there. You know, the drum patterns are still there. You can tell he takes his time crafting every song he makes. There's no question about it. Kanye West, is a, he's definitely a perfectionist. But then when I start ranking these albums against like his best, I'm talking about like My Beautiful Dog Twisted Fantasy, College Dropout, I'm like, it's not up to par. But I can't say it's a terrible album. But if I'm judging Kanye on Kanye West, oh, Topher, Topher said it best. Topher said it might be the, the the best of the worst. In terms of his worst albums, it might be the best, you know? Yeah, that's actually a good point, you know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. The thing that I love about Kanye West is that he's completely fearless when it comes to creating. I don't want to speculate and try and diagnose because I have no medical background, but I have this theory that is connected to um, his his mental health. I think there's a disconnect um, between, um, you know, his his uh, emotional uh, intelligence and and the way people perceive him. And by by him not being able to 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 think about that or care about that, it allows him to take risks from a musical standpoint with the things that he creates. And you listen to this album, and he's not trying to be uh, a Drake or uh, anybody else. He's not even trying to be the old Kanye. Now the problem with that is uh, when you are that fearless, sometimes you take those swings and you miss. And, you know, by his own benchmark, I guess you could argue, uh, and I would agree, 
that this is in fact a miss, but it's only a miss if we're uh, judging it against his classics. So, so if that's what it takes, if 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 you're not as good as Kanye's best, and that's what it takes for you to fail, you know, and that's why I keep saying, let's look at this album in isolation. I don't, because I don't like to judge things by what people have done in the past. I don't think it's fair. I think that artists need the freedom to uh, explore themselves, uh, to move through life and create art that's a reflection of where they are right now. Um, I think as I get older, um, I'm, I'm learning to like move with them because I'm, I'm going through my own uh, you know, changes in life. So I personally love this album. Um, Remote Control is a banger. That joint with Lauren Hill is a banger. Um, I love that he's got the locks on it. Yeah, he loses points for bringing them in after they lost the verses. But again, bro, it's Kanye West. He does what he wants, man. So the real question or the next question is really, which one's better, Certified Lover or Donda? <laughs> That's a good question, man. That's a good question. Oh, man, I've been going back and forth with this one, man. I think, I think that I think they're the same, and, I, and I'll, I'll I'll tell you this, because I'm gonna rank them out of ten. I'm I'm giving both of them six out of ten. The, the ill thing for me is I think Kanye West and Drake they need each other more than they realize. I think if Kanye worked with Drake, because you know they're beefing right now and stuff, you know, because they, they they're kind of in like competition together right now. But I feel like. If Drake had Kanye producing for him now, he would, would actually probably get that magnum opus from Drake. And I think Kanye needs Drake, per se, to keep him relevant. Because right now, Kanye, I think he's fighting with relevancy. He's trying to, like, still be that dude in this era now, you know what I'm saying? So I think they, they need each other. But also, looking at both these albums, I would rank them the same. I think they're on the same level. I can't say one's better than the other. I think they both get the job done. I'm not going to call them classics by any means. I think they could have done better, but I'm not going to say they're terrible albums either. So I'll, I'll both give them six out of tens. So Nick, what are you saying then? I know I sound like a, a stuck record when I say this kind of stuff, but I really do believe it's about lenses. I think they both shine in different areas. If I'm in a whip or I'm, you know, it's Friday night and, and I'm trying to wild out, I'm never going to listen to Don. I'm just never gonna do that. I'll be bumping certified lover boy, feeling too sexy for my pants, bro. Just till the end, man. But if I want to listen to some, some, if I'm home at the crib, bro, on a Sunday afternoon, and I'm deep in my feelings and I'm thinking about the future, I'm never gonna put that certified lover boy on, bro. I'll put that don on. You know what I'm saying? So it's really, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough because they shine in different areas. All right, cool. But which album is better? That's the question. For me, listen, I'm going to go out on a limb and say CLB is a better project. Cool, cool. I hear you. I hear you. For me, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I'm going CLB over Donda. Um, my reasons? Look, I'm a grown-ass man now. There's no shame in in admitting that, you know, I, I want a vibe to good music. That Drake vibe to me is is everything, man. And like 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 we've said, he's a, he's a, he's a professional rapper. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, with with those with those points in mind, that's where I'm going. Certified lover boy over Donda. Ah, no doubt, man. No doubt, man. I have uh, no complaints about that, man. Yep. Sorry, Nick. What were you gonna say there? My bad. Nah, I was gonna I was gonna help move it along, but I forgot I'm not the host, so I'm gonna do things, bro. <laughs> no, you're all you're loving this, Nick, aren't you, man? I see you. So, boys, this is the album club. 
but we're going to do something a little bit different here. So before we get into it, I'm going to quickly set the scene, all right? So we're at the house. We're chilled. CJ, Nick, we've just reviewed Donda and Certified Lover Boy. You know, as I've said, we're chilled. We're at the crib, right? Dog, I mean, <laughs> we're at the crib, man. You already seen me, man. I'm... I'm still old TLSD'd out, man. I got my uh my Adidas slides on me with the socks on. Yep, I see you. I like that look. I've got my white ones on. I see you've got the red ones, right? Oh yeah, come on, man. You know, you know, come on. You know what it is. You know what it is. Yeah, and you know Nick's a whiskey connoisseur, so I've also got a, a nice whiskey on the rocks, right? I mean, Nick's in the background right now. He's gonna get the Cohibas and the sour diesel, but. Nick bought the whiskey, he bought that McAllen 15. He said he's going to bring 25 next time, but he got the 15 right now, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So, CJ, next we're going to take the listeners down to the album club, right? Let's take the listeners down to the album club. We got to let them know, like, they seen on the artwork, nothing but vinyls today, okay? It's nothing but vinyls. No CDs, no MP3s, no cassettes. Just classic, just vinyl. We're about to listen to some good good music is that the plan cj oh that's the plan man and do you know why do you know why bro nah i still can't figure it out bro well it's because the lifestyle is deep it's tlsd all day every day and don't you just know it you know this though right all right let's do this then man let's do this indeed cj explain to everyone what the album club is what are we what are we about to do bro what is the album club? We're about to put them on some um, some classic records. Some records from the heart that we felt when we were growing up. Or when we came up. Or if we're grown right now. Those are the kind of records we're putting them on. And in turn, we hope the listeners can feel what we tell them. And then hopefully, later on when they see the TLSD album club hashtag... They can tag us on some albums they want us to review too. You know what I'm saying, Fad? Yep, 100%. So, just so you guys know, this is the first time we've decided to get you guys and the listeners involved. You guys have been nothing but inspirational and supportive towards us and everything that we've done since episode one. You know, so we thought, let's involve you guys. Let's involve Let's involve our supporters and our followers, you know. Um, so, using that hashtag, TLSD Album Club. You know, send us your inspirational records, the stuff that means something to you. We're going to review a couple of hours and what they mean to us, what they've meant to us over the years, how they continue to inspire us. Um, and yeah, we hope you guys get the vibe for it, you know. CJ, what are you saying? Y'all can find us on the socials too. You can find us on The Lifestyles Deep on Instagram. You can find us on LL Chris Jr. on the Instagram. Fats, and I know you got a couple of IGs too. Yes, indeed. So it's Fats and Podcast on Instagram. You've also got my personal, which is Fats and O3. So F A D S O N 03. You know, hit us up. And like we said, you know, the Fats and Podcast is inclusive, man. Like we've said this from day one, you know, so we want to involve you guys, you know, and, and, and keep this interactive. Do something different and something new. So, so yeah, hit us up in the DMs. Use the hashtag TLSD Album Club and, and let's get some engagement going, man. Let's, let, let's really do this. Let, let's make a difference. Let's do something new. And, and, when, and when they do hit us up, that give us a little story too, man. Tell us why you love this album. Tell us why we should review this album for you on the next Album Club session. You understand what I'm saying? Because the next Album Club session, man, 
the McCallum bottle is going to be even bigger. You know what I'm saying? So we need to make sure there's a reason you want us to review this album. And I'm telling all you youngsters too, man. It might even be the your record that you're producing right now that you're trying to bring out. out. You need to tell us why you think this album is worthy of going to the album club right now. Yes, indeed. And in CJ's words, from the Young Bulls to the Shelfies and everyone else in between, let's get involved. Let's listen to what you guys have to say. Um, and let's try and do something different. So without further ado, let's get this started then. Welcome to the album club. Welcome to the TLSD Album Club. We're going to add two records, albums, that we hold dear to our heart, that we think are classics, that we'd love to recommend to the listeners. And then we're going to put them into the album club. Cool. So, Nick, give us your first album then, bro. All right, let me me drop my first one. Um, So I just want to go on record, though, real quick and say that um, my my initial instinct was to to review view um white trash beautiful by everlast i think that's a beautiful album lesser known by by a lot of people um because it's not one of his his bigger albums uh but for me it it holds a special place in my heart because of um all of the memories that i associate with it and and listening to it in my formative years when i was really going through some things but um i didn't pick that album for this album review because um yeah, it was going to get too deep. Maybe we might save that for another day. But my first album to review, um, I've got Dark Side of the Moon. And I just want to start by giving some statistics on the album, some background on the album. And then I'll follow with, um, you know, what it means to me on a personal level. Um, so anyway, Dark Side of the Moon uh, is an album recorded by a band called Pink Floyd out of the UK. It was their eighth studio album released on the 1st of March, uh, 1973. And it's regarded by a lot of people to be the greatest album of all time Um, because, you know, it deals with a lot of timeless themes and also because of the unique uh, recording methodologies that they used, or at least unique at the time when it was released back in the 70s. Uh, Before I talk about the album and the way it was recorded, just for some context, um, we need to remember that uh, the the environment in which this album was created, okay, UK in the 70s, uh, huge economic turmoil, manufacturing was on a decline, industry was failing, and economy, uh, sorry, and the economy was actually going into recession. So it was pretty bleak. Um, now, Pink Floyd wasn't necessarily impacted by that because they were already successful. This was the eighth studio album, but they did deal with a lot of the themes that, you know, the society was going through. And I think that's one of the reasons why it was so well received. Um, Another fun fact about the album is that it was recorded at uh, Abbey Road, which if you are a fan of music, you'll know is a uh, revered studio um, and and made popular because uh, the Beatles used to record there. Um, so it's it's the creme de la creme for recording at that point in history. Um, the other interesting thing about the recording um, was that at the time at Abbey Road Studios, they just come out with 16-track mixes. Now, previously, Pink Floyd and all the rest of the bands that were recording in that era uh, only had access to four or maybe maximum eight track mixes. 
Now, I don't want to get too nerdy and technical about it all, but basically the more channels the mixer had, the greater the freedom you had as, as an artist uh, to experiment and, and to record simultaneously, um, you know, individual tracks. So, um, and, and that's, I think it's reflected in the music, these, you know, because it's a rock band, obviously. So uh, instead of just your basic, you know, lead guitar, um, you know, bass, uh, maybe a little synth and the drums, uh, these dudes had synthesizers going simultaneously. They had sound effects in there. They had multiple vocalists. So the whole ambience of the record is, uh, especially for the time, was um, something that literally people had never heard before. Um, the other interesting thing is, and you can hear it on the album, if, if you listen to live music uh, and you listen to recorded music, you can tell, I think, when something's been practiced before, there's a certain dynamism in, in the performance of the record um, that, that tells you that it's well practiced by whoever's performing it. Now, uh, Dark Side of the Moon was actually written two years prior to when it was recorded. And it had been performed in its entirety live uh, multiple times before it was committed to record and actually released. Um, so when you listen to the record, uh, you can almost hear that it's, it's music that these dudes had uh, already mastered, uh, not from a, a musical standpoint, but from a performance standpoint I'm talking about. Um, now, commercial success. Okay. Sales, 45 million copies plus worldwide. It's actually, I think, the third or fourth uh, great highest, sorry, selling album of all time. And number one is is Thriller, right? So highest uh, is, is Thriller. And the only reason I make that point is just to give you a bit of context to, you know, what echelons this album is actually operating in. And another fun fact for you, CJ, guess what? Third or fourth highest selling album of all time, widely considered to be one of if not the best and greatest albums of all time ask me if they want a grammy uh do they win a grammy <laughs> cj they ain't win no grammy i just had to throw that in there but anyway so 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 that's the whole the whole album and the thing for me is i know it sounds kind of nerdy it's like nick why are you telling us about this well the reason why i'm telling you about it is because um i was in introduced to this album me personally when i went to university and i was studying uh, musical technology now one of the um modules for for the music tech was uh, live performance uh and live recording and um uh, shout out shout out to fats and i know fats it was <laughs> you know this it was i was gonna jump in earlier but you're on a roll it was actually game-changing production to be fair um but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take i'm not gonna ruin your shine here bro keep going keep going man feel free to jump in no but exactly what you said so so when i was introduced to it you know i was going through a phase you couldn't tell me nothing and i was a hip-hop fan bro i was a rap fan you couldn't tell me nothing that was the 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 illest genre that ever existed now these dudes it was the lecturer in fact who was who was high off this album and he was like yo you gotta listen to it you know this is a um it's a legacy album for live music you know this is the history and it's only you know as i got older that i, I began to appreciate what he was really talking about looking back in retrospect you know you got you really got to honor where we came from now um so he was saying all of this i was like nah whatever man he doesn't know what he's talking about it's all about rap music then i really went back and i listened to it you know i popped it on i started meditating and at the time you know i was heavy into uh recreational uh uh, material uh, that elevates one's mind. 
allegedly. So, you know, I was I was I was on that, you know, did my little thing, put on the record and bro, I think that's when I really matured as a, a fan of music because it opened my mind to um, not just rap and hip hop and being stuck in that bubble, but appreciating what, um, you know, pioneers in the field had done before uh, and what it took for us to get here. So I just want to recommend this album to everybody. Um, it is a bit nerdy. It's a bit technical. It's very old school. But if you, if you don't participate in uh, recreational uh, whatever, go, go pour your little drink, your little whiskey. If you're a whiskey connoisseur, lay back and just vibe to this album, man, because um, it's it's just too fine and it needs to be heard. Fasten, what are you saying, fam? Yeah, man, you're, you're, you're very, very right about that. I remember we had a conversation way back when um, about about how revolutionary that was and how much of an influence it had on the way in which we we were making music because we were you know you couldn't tell us you couldn't tell us nothing that like we thought we knew it all but we we're being taught these new production techniques with live instruments i remember we, we went through this phase of, of sampling everything especially guitars guitar riffs was our thing and we'll go from you know it was always an audio sample that would would chop up loop and hit and put and put bass and drum drums on top of it you know but then we've gone from that to all of a sudden appreciating how well you can mic an, an instrument up to to get the same if not a better sound a better quality sound you know we'll get live musicians to to to, to play us those guitar riffs and and yeah no i 100 percent agree with you nick like the the production techniques just in itself were just you know phenomenal um and as nick said you know if, if you want to if you want to nerd out to some good well fantastically produced music go and study that pink floyd album 100 can, can i just say one more thing on that album because you actually touched on it there when we was learning how to make music it was all electronic based either you chop the sample or you'll arrange a pattern on the on the uh you know digital audio working station but this is different because these dudes are actually recording in analog meaning they're recording recording like live instruments or live hardware in the cases where they, use, where they were using synthesizers. And there's a real art, there's a real technique to, you know, the slightest angle that you place the mic at, you know, uh, and and the, the sonics of the room and the acoustics of the room can have a profound impact on the sonic quality of the recording. And that's in that's on display, sorry, in this album. Whereas, you know, all your favorite, favorite artists of today, you know, Drake and the like, you know, it's, it's all electronic. They throw the EQ on there, they perfect it. This was a different world, bro. So you really got to go back and appreciate, you know, how people were were making music and the time and the effort it took to make it sound like what it sounds like. So, and that's the last I'm gonna say on it. <laughs> it's hard not to nerd out on these, and and I'm conscious of this, but um, I remember like just things like equalization in itself. You know, just the art of being able to do that. You know in an analog in an analog style was completely alien to us you know amongst other techniques um eqing is, is one thing that i remember um standing out specifically i remember being taken into that massive studio with a with a that huge analog neve console and i was like wow i had no idea what to do we were we were taught how to record just a drum just a um a, a, a drum kick that's all it was but um you all of a sudden appreciate how beautiful you can get that drum sounding um and it was all analog techniques which were alien to us. So yeah, man, um, I'm gonna try not to nerd out anymore, and 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 I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Fucking geeks, man! God damn it! <laughs> hey, man, it is what it is, bro. It is what it is. <laughs> so 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 uh, so that so that's the first album we're putting into the album club, right? Dark side of the moon. 
Dark Side of the Moon the first album going into the album club. Before I let you go, CJ, I've been looking forward to this uh, the whole week, basically, because this album you're about to touch on, bro, um, you know, I, I never really listened to it from back to front until you told me you were doing it. And I was like, mm, yeah, whatever. OK, we, we know what it's going to be about, bro. I listened to that on a four hour ride from Blanza from my mom's house to Lilongwe. Fam, please take Take it, take it from here. CJ, take it away. So, uh, this album, this is the second album we're going to put into the album club now. Um, uh, Marvin's, Marvin Gaye's I Want You Deluxe Record from 1976. You know, uh, you know, Marvin Gaye for me, he's part of the holy trinity of Motown. So I'm talking, uh, Stevie Wonder, I'm talking Michael Jackson, I'm talking about Marvin Gaye himself. Now, you now, you see, the thing about this album is, like, I discovered this album when I was, like, a junior in college. You see what I'm saying? And uh, shout out to my white boy, Sam. He's he's actually the one who put me on the album, you know? Like, Sam is, like, one of the most soulful guys I ever met. White white boy with an afro, you know? Can I just go on record and say you, you both of you are banned from hanging out with other... I'm the only white boy that's supposed to be, you know, in these conversations. That's my title, bro. Oh, and I touched Mzungu. <laughs> now I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, because when I met him, I was like, I was like, damn, man, how are you this soulful, man? Dude is like listening to most deaf quality. He's actually the one who put me on currency and diamond supply and all that good shit. So me and him, we used to we used to live on the top floor of our of our building. We had our own suites, but we're like kind of neighbors, so we'd have like music jamming back and forth. So every night, every night, Sam would be like, yo, Chris, there's this one particular Marvin Gaye album I'm looking for. Because at, at that time, we're calling it the Rarities. Because we're trying to look for this Marvin Gaye Rarities album. So every night, he'd be like, yo, Chris, have you found this Rarities Marvin Gaye album? And I'm like, yo, Sam, you know, I've listened to um, what's going on. Uh, let's get it on. I know all those records, but I don't know this Rarities album you're talking about. Then one day, he just... Kicks down the doors like, yo, Chris, I found the record. It's called I Want You by uh, by Marvin Gaye. And this was the deluxe version. You see what I'm saying? So it was like the first CD and the second CD. So, you know, me and him, we uh, we sparked up some sour diesel, went downstairs, had some sour diesel, came back upstairs, and then I uh, I just started playing the record. And then uh, we start playing the record, and you just hear these, uh, these, these, these instrumentals. I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, just like these groovy, gorgeous type instrumentals, you know, with, with the congas in the background, you know, they're, they're using harps and strings. You know, it was just a, just a beautiful soundscape. And I'm like, dude, this is really the type of soul music I've always been looking for. And I just never found it. First day, you know, you, you ever heard an album like the first time you listen to it, it just blows your mind. Huh? This, this one was one of them albums. Marvin Gaye's I Want You record. Now, I want to let everyone know, this this record, it was recorded at uh, his L.A. studio, was uh, which is called Marvin's Room. And uh, it was recorded with uh, Leon Ware and uh, Arthur Ross. And the two dudes helped him with the production as well as the, uh, the lyrics. So this album, it was pretty much dedicated to his wife at the time. They're only married for three years. But this album is like the, the peak of this, of, of their relationship. Because you can hear like how how this album just broods sex, you know, it broods sex. It like oozes black love and everything, you know. But it's just a groovy record, 
And like for for everyone listening to this, all my young bulls, you know, this is this is the type of record you play like on a Saturday. You know, you got you got a J in the background, you got some whiskey in the glass, you got some nice nice light skin ting coming over. And you know, you just you just play some sexy records from the seventies, she'll just look at you differently. And like like when I finally get my shit together and like, you know, I get that bag, this is the type of record I'll play in my penthouse on a Saturday, you know, give you that Peter Sellers slash uh, John Shaft vibe, you know, dudes are just coming into the room thinking I'm this cool dude, and that's what this record does for me. It, it's just, it just oozes soul, man. It oozes sex. It oozes black love, passion, and then another funny thing about this album, man, I is like when it came out, Rolling Stone panned the record, man. They thought he was like uh, biting um, Barry White style, you know. They, they they said, yo, he's just trying to be a lover. This was like certified lover boy at the time. That's the way they were looking at the record. But um, over the years, Rolling Stone reviewed the album again, and they realized, like, yo, this album was ahead of its time. You know, you look at the the multi-tracking arrangements they're using on the album, the lyrics, man. You know, the way the album just influenced R&B. I'm talking artists like Maxwell, D'Angelo, Music Soulchild, Prince, Sade, all copied their whole style off this album. And you even look at what it did to hip-hop. Because um, I know Fatson's going to mention Beg for Mercy on this joint. And one of the songs, um, Come Live With Me, Angel, they used, uh, G-Unit actually sampled that, that track for, I want to get to know you. I really want to love you, baby. That's all Marvin Gaye right there. And we, we also got to mention the cover. That cover is like one of the coolest covers ever, man, with the with the people dancing, with the artwork. Yeah, that, that, uh, that, that, that piece of art was made by ernie barnes and the the artwork the painting is called uh the sugar shack and a lot of people bit the style off that uh that painting as well because you can see it in the good times tv show and uh camp low they used it for uptown saturday night as well so for me i have to tell everyone like i want you by marvin gay nick man this album is my heart man this album is close to my heart dude this is the album i'm gonna give my kids to listen to as well and be like yo play this for your homies and you know what, dude? I really appreciate you for putting me on onto that record because, you know, everybody knows Marvin Gaye, but I don't think a lot of people really take the time to sit down and meditate to Marvin Gaye to really focus and, and appreciate on, 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 on what he created. And I think one thing that uh, you didn't touch on that I'd, I'd like you to maybe elaborate on is um, when I was vibing out to this album as per your recommendation, one of the things that you pointed out to me was the fact that, because you said there's these mad soundscapes, right? It's almost, there's this long intro, this long indulgent, thick intro. And one of the reasons for it was, uh, you, you said that a lot of it was actually, in fact, you know, I, I, you, 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 take, you take it, man. Why, why was it so long and drawn out? Like, what's, what's the reason for that? I mean, you know, the, the thing is, uh, what the people need to know is like, I want you, like all, all my favorite albums, like, I want you like, it's a concept record, you know? There's a theme to this record, and the the theme is like you know, he's 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 making love to the woman he he loves with all his heart. That's 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 the theme of the record. So when you go through the whole album, you just know it's dedic he's dedicating it to one woman in general. But the emotions he you have to feel in order to understand how much he loves this woman, because like I said, this album oozes a lot of sex in it too. You know. We we might not be together, but you know the love is still there. So let me let, let's just do it one more time, you know, because we still love each other. Like those are the type of emotions it takes you on. 
and uh, that's that's why they had to use all that instrumentation. You, you, you and I even peep like the instrumentals, right? Like some of the tracks are just instrumentals. It's like no hooks, no singing, nothing. You know, it just it, it, this album was so ahead of its time. That's why, like, when it came out, like, it was just panned because they didn't understand what he was trying to do with the record at the time. It's beautiful, grown folk music, 100%. I see what you're saying, bro. Sorry, just on the back of what CJ said, like, I I understood from you as well that a a lot of those jams were actually... um, Literally that. They were jams. Like, they were jam sessions. So jam sessions. uh, Yes, and you can hear that freestyle, that looseness in in those soundscapes because they weren't really trying to conform to a to a structure a predetermined structure you know a four bar intro eight bar hook 16 bar verse none of that man it's just like let it go where it goes let, let the music just lead itself and we see where it takes us you know you can hear that in this album. that's one of the things that i love as well you know it's on that donda vibe bro where he's just taking risks with the music he's like yo it's gonna speak for itself at the end of the day you know it just takes you on that journey man like it really really does that's why i want to let all the young bulls know man if you ever discover this record you better play for one of your honeys, man. I promise you, she'll love you for life. Yeah, man, I hear you. Young Bulls, I hope you're listening up. Take take notes. You heard it from CJ himself. So that's what we're going to do. This is the second, this is the second record we're putting into the, uh, the album club. Place it right next to that Erica Badu poster for me, right next to the plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right there. Cool. cool. Right next to the, uh, the player, player, platinum plaque, yeah? That all good? Yeah, yeah, you know how we do, man. You know how we do, man. <laughs> yes, my boy's coming through, man. I'm liking this, the vibe of this so far. So for me, uh, it's I've had to go for a greatest hits version uh, for this duo. And it's purely because I, I can't pick one album in particular. Um, you guys better than... You guys will know better than most where i'm going with this and you know fads a sentimental sort of guy and uh there's 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 tracks from from a number of their albums that's that to me are just iconic and made me the 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 guy that i am you know that shaped me and yeah so um i've got to mention this 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 particular this particular album so it was their 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 fourth studio album released on July the twenty third, nineteen ninety one. It reached number twelve on the Billboard two hundred charts, number five in the R and B and hip hop album charts, um, and one of the biggest biggest until this day singles off that that album in particular. Summer, summer, summer time. You got that right. None other than DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh. The Fresh Prince, you guys know my love for Will Smith in general is just is next level. Um, so it will probably come as no surprise to the two of you. <laughs> CJ, what do you want to say? I'll just say definitely, man. Definitely, you gotta let him know, bro. Yeah, man, hundred percent. And 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 as I said, like I base a lot of it for me on on sentiment. It was actually my my late brother that got me into DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince and all of that. It was it was Will Smith and Will Smith, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince and and Tupac were were who I grew up listening to hip-hop-wise. Um, and you know what? It all stemmed from that. Like, it, he heavily influenced my brother who, as a, as a, as a kid growing up, you, you look up to, to, your, to your older siblings. Um, you know, he used it when he was on the radios in Malawi. He, you know, he was known as the Fresh Prince of Capital. So things like that had always stuck with me in general. Um, and then I'll, I'll also take it back to the whole the TV series, the TV show, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, again, very, very, very much a part of our family like at some at some t- there was times where it felt as though you know the banks family were were members of my own family um and and you know some people might go as far as saying the late great james avery 
somewhat um, my my dad somewhat resembled him you know um just in the, you know physically you know his the the values he instilled in us um cj and i've discussed this at length we were you know we were very fortunate uh kids growing up as you know in 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 a predominantly white um private school setting you know which again it's there's there's reflections in that between you know between that and 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 what 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 um what Philip Banks did with his with his kids and his family, you know, just you know, taking them out of the struggle and also showing them that there's nothing wrong with, with with interacting and engaging with with everyone else, you know. So, so things like that, values like that. It's so it's actually the um the the, the nineteen ninety eight DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince Greatest Hits album that 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 I'm putting into the album club. But again, um, I look back at things like the way in which Will Smith you know, wrapped and you guys will, you guys better than most will understand. I modeled my sort of style around it. Remember in Just Cruising, it was an intro with a maestro, nice flow, hot like nitro, cool as ice though. St styles like that is what's, I, you know, I, when I, when we first started writing bars and spitting is what I started modeling my, my sort of style on because he was that influential for me, you know. Um, so, you know, you look at, look at that and then listen to the, you guys love this, the classic F-A-D-S-O-N, that's my name. You know what I mean? Things like that. So, you know, for, for me, I've got to stick to the sentiment. And what I loved even, even more about the, the, the on-screen chemistry for, for Will and Jazz was obviously they, they, they took that and they also, they showed that on, on the musical side as well. You know, just two, two kids from the hood from Philly, that are defying the odds and 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 trying to and trying to trying to do what they need to do to to get to survive, you know. And it reminds me of of what we you know we we, we joke about and we mentioned a lot. The lifestyle is deep, you know. We've all stuck together. We've all you know we've we've come up from the same sort of place. I wouldn't say that we we've got the same. We have the same sort of struggles, but um, what I'll 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 say it's it's more the. The, the the parallels that I'll draw between between them and and the the bond that we have so so that's the album I'm putting into 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 the album club boys who should I pass this one uh, to before you pass the album to anybody can I just say you know the on the topic of Will Smith I was actually DJing at a party uh, recently now it wasn't a cool party it was like a fiftieth birthday for this old dude right but the thing that I love about Will Smith is like you could be at some old dude's 50th birthday, you know, you're playing like some 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 old school music. But as soon as you drop some like getting jiggy with it or you drop that uh, Miami joint, bro, those old people about to dance, they ass off. It really, really is timeless music. Like all you've got to do is drop the dink. Now this is a story all about how and 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 you you know you'll have a whole room singing along you know and uh, you know the the example I'll give is my fourteen year old daughter you know it's way way before her time like she'll you know or you literally drop those the, that that drum loop and she'll spit you the entire verse you know it's timeless it was way before her time like I said so you know I, I can't not drop a few more you know names in this as in track names I, I mean I, I beg your pardon so obviously I've mentioned summertime you know. Parents just don't understand what else was there. Ring my bell. Um, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air in itself. Um, what is the other one? Um, Ain't no place like home. Sitting in a hotel room, a thousand miles from nowhere. You know, stuff like that to me it was so, so, so sentimental. And like, and I vibed with it, man. Like from a, from a very young age, you know. So you know, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince to me, they've got to be up there. You know, little things like you know, I want to rock right now. Say what? Like the whole scratching and cutting. Like to me at the time, you know, the age that I was at growing up, like I was mesmerized by th by stuff like that. You know, you know what I mean. So, 
I've got to have them there, man. It's sentimental, yeah, but like at the end of the day, that's what this album club is all about, you, you, you know? Wanna, you want to see a you magic know, trick. I know exactly what CJ wants to tell you right now. He wants to tell you that um, that getting jiggy with a track was written by Nas. No, 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 no. I wasn't, I wasn't going to say that, even though ah, it was. Okay, okay. <laughs> even though it was. But uh, no, what, what I was going to say was actually, uh, dude, Summertime, Summertime is a classic. Summertime for me personally is a top 10 hip-hop track. Every time you're in the, in the U.S., when the summer just arrives, dude, that is the first song I always play, man. You know, you just have a barbecue, the sun is out, you just, you play, do that record, it's, that's a, that's what I call a timeless record. It will always live forever, you know, summertime for me, top 10, easily, man. Classic for sure, riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos, or in your Nissan sitting, sitting on. on Lorenzo's. Classic, classic, classic for sure, that Cool in the Gang sample, man, like... Yeah, I had to have this album. Like, no, there's, there's no, no doubt about that at all. And you guys know, you guys know me. I love that you chose it, man. I'm actually pleased that you chose it. Where do you want the album housed, man? Where do we put it? CJ, what, um, what space have we got there on the shelf? Dude, there's a, sheesh, there's a lot of space on this shelf, man. This shelf has been bare for for days. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, we'll put it, we'll put it right next to the David Beckham poster right there with the number seven with the Adidas Predators on. Just move the that NIC Man of My Time EP and the, uh, you know, the Look Into My Eyes vinyl. You know, just yeah. Just slide to the left. There we go, bro. You got that. There we go. Let me just throw this Clem and M album in the trash real quick. <laughs> oh my God! Shots fired! Shots fired! <laughs> I'm just playing, man. I'm just playing, man. I'm just playing, man. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> wow, boys, I'm loving this. So, Ni, what's your second record then? All right. So, um, with this one. You know, I've already nerded out with the uh, dark side of the moon, so I'm not going to spend too much time on on the stats and the recording methodologies of this one. A lot of you will be happy to know. And before I kick off real quick, I just want to send a quick shout out to uh, Mbawaka, a.k.a. Brandy. Um, I hope she appreciates this album. I know she's listening to the podcast. Shout out to you because you got good taste in music most of the time. Um, But right now we agree because this album that I'm about to throw in... It's about one of my favorite artists of all time, uh, a man who influenced me a great deal uh, as a man, not just as a musical artist, but even just as a man. And I think um, without, I don't want to get too deep on it, bro, but like, you know, uh, growing up in a, in a single parent household, he, he touched on a lot of things, a lot of themes that I could really relate to. And when I was searching for, for, for guidance and searching for a, another I guess a father figure really to guide me as 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 a man. Um, I found this dude. Uh, the first thing that I ever stole in my life, it wasn't this album, it was actually his greatest hits, uh, was a Tupac tape on cassette them days. Y'all listening to this album might not even know what cassettes are. We used to have those, bro. It was a funny thing. You used to put it in the thing and sometimes we used to use a pencil to rewind it, but y'all don't know nothing about that. Anyway, All Eyes on Me by the legendary Tupac Shakur. Okay, this is the last album ever released in his lifetime. Okay, February of 1996. He actually died seven months after the release. CJ spent some time talking about the fact that, you know, if you're a real, real rapper, you got to hit him with a double disc. Well, this was Tupac's double disc. Now, um, an interesting thing about the inception of this album that I find to be quite prophetic and very sad at the same time is the fact that... Um, in October of 1995, 
Suge Knight and Jimmy Iovine. Uh, a lot of you will know Jimmy Iovine if you follow music. He's a prominent uh, record executive. He's He's been involved with Death Row Records. He's been involved with Shady Aftermath. He's been involved with a lot of, you know, the greatest uh, rap artists of all time. But anyway, them two, Suge Knight and Jimmy, paid $1.4 million as bail money for Tupac Shakur to get released from jail on sexual abuse charges. At the time, Tupac was broke. He was unable to pay, make the bail himself. But... It was kind of like a deal with the devil because in return, Suge Knight, and you all know about Suge Knight. I'm not really going to dive into it. In return, Suge Knight wanted um, three albums. Okay, so he paid the $1.4 million uh, bail money. In return, Tupac was supposed to give him three albums. As you already know, Tupac only managed to give him one because he was gunned down uh, not too long after. Okay, that aside, bruh, um, this album is special. First of all, there's a lot of material. It's a double disc. There's a whole gang of records on it. Ambitions is a rider. How do you want it? Hearts of men. Life goes on. If you are a fan of not just hip-hop, but just music, you'll know what those songs are. One of the things that was was a heavy focus a focus in this album that, that I love personally as well is the use of sampling. Now, I told you I was DJing at this 50-year-old band right so one of the jams i dropped was uh candy by cameo you almost know you know it's just like <laughs> it's just like candy that that classic record right so um they actually sampled that uh on all about you which is also one of my favorite rap records uh life goes on is a classic oj sample and then um cj uh your your, your boy dr dre he takes credit for <laughs> California love <laughs> and that was a, a Joe Cocker record woman to woman it's that iconic do 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 and I gotta give Drake credit because the way he flipped that sample to make California love was actually pretty genius man but um I just love the use of sampling in these in, in the in the records off this album the other thing that I love is the emotional scope so one of the big things that people criticize Tupac about, but something that I really love is that he was super, super hypocritical in his material. He'd be, he be um, demoralizing women and being misogynist on one track, and then in the next track, you know, it was Dear Mama or Keep Your Head Up, and he was building them up. And, um, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, that's hypocritical. But I think what that is, is it's dimension. Because as human beings, like, we're not perfect. And you need that freedom to change your mind. And it's all about context. And it's all about lenses. Like, you can't just be one way in life. You need to adapt to certain situations. And he was touching on and painting pictures about various aspects of life, various attitudes. And um, I always, I just, I just love that, man. Because if you come in with the same thing every track, you know, and I know what you're going to say. I know what your views are. And, like, you, you're not really doing anything for me. You're not really uh, showing me. Um, you know, the, the the full colors of the rainbow, as it were, you know, the spectrum of colors, you're giving me like a, a limited view here. And and that's one of the things that I love about this album. Um, and that's really it, man. Just just Tupac in general, bro. He just blew my mind. And uh, as I say, guided me as a man through through many of my formative years with, with the material that he was releasing uh, before his untimely death. Uh, this is one of those classic hip hop records, and it needs to go on the shelf, and it needs to take pride of place. It needs to be on the on the mantle over there, but I don't know what what we got up there. 
But yo, take it, man. And uh, go meditate to that, man. All you young bulls. But no, that's yeah. definitely a classic. You got five mics from the source as well. So. Yeah, man. Definitely, definitely a classic. And do you know what? It's one of my very, very first memories of Nick. You know, we were just we we're fresh into high school. I was like, damn, this white boy knows his shit, man. You know, like, you know, he's he's hanging out with us. He's kicking some serious knowledge on hip hop and all that. You know, where's this guy come from? You know, but um, again, it's testament to the friendship, bro. Like, you know, we, I know we say it all the time, and you guys will think we're playing it out, but the lifestyle's deep like that. You know what I'm saying? No, no doubt about it, man. So I'm gonna jump in next, real quick. I'm gonna switch it up a bit. So as you guys know, um, because I've said it a few times, sentiment is a big thing for me. Um, certain eras, certain you know, certain artists and certain albums from those particular eras, um, ignite a certain fire inside me, which it's one of those I can't, I can't, I can't switch off, sort of thing. I can't put out. So, with that being said, my next album is, and CJ mentioned it earlier. It'll be no surprise to the two of you. Um, and it's it, it it's the Beg for Mercy album by G Units. You know, this is the first time that we get introduced to the likes of Lloyd Banks. Young Buck, Tony Yayo, who 50 Cent has brought up with him, you know, and, 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 and what's mad about it is that like nine months after he, he dropped Get Rich or Die Trying, you know what I mean? Fats, 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 sorry, I just want to cut you off real quick if you're about to say G-Unit, do it properly, bro, it's G-G-G-G-G-Unit. <laughs> All right, cool, I've got to do this then, let me start again. G-G-G-G-G-Unit. <laughs> Nick, you're a fool for that one, I can't believe you just fucking made me do that. But yeah, so the Get Rich or Die Trying album, everyone knew growing up in our in our in our little group, in our in our clique, fifty cent to me was that guy. You know, everything about fifty was that you know, he was that guy. Do you know what I'm saying? So so going from, from dropping Get Rich or Die Trying where you know you we've we've had we've had little intros to, to, to the G unit crew, the likes of Lloyd Banks and and, and, and the and the rest of them featuring on certain tracks. And then they drop the Get Rich or Die Trying album. And to me, from start to finish, this album is beautiful. It is just, it is, it is perfection. Um, in terms of the way in which it influenced me, that's another story in itself. But um, it's just one of those. Then, you know, this is the first time I'm, I'm, I'm properly being introduced to the likes of Lloyd Banks. And again... I said earlier about the Will Smith, that smooth sort of flow, that vibe. That was, you know, again, so I, I started modeling my sort of style on that. I was always known as like the ladies, man, that smooth rapper sort of thing. So, you know, and, and, and Lloyd Banks was a massive influence on that, you know. So, you know, there's that track, Smile, off the, um, off the Beg for Mercy album. Again, 50 Cent killed it with the hook. The hook king, you know what I mean? Like and then and then when I when I go when I when I start talking about influence and the way in which it influenced me, I'm gonna talk about Stunt 101. So, you know, that was the the, the debut single off the album. You know, I'll teach you how to stunt and we were we were kids but we were going crazy and you know, certain lines and, and bars stick with you. So so let's fast forward a few years. I'm I've grown up, I've matured, I'm making my own money. I finally get the opportunity to buy myself, you know, a nice car. And what's the first thing I do? And I, and you know what? When thinking back, it's one of those things that I'd always said to myself: when, when, when I can finally, you know, do it on my own and and get myself, uh, you know, a nice car. I go and put smoke gray tints on it, you know, and and it's from it's from Stunt One Hundred One, you know. I put smoke gray tints on the back of my BM, you know. Um, <laughs> 
but just everything about that era, about about G Unit, about the way in which they came through, about the way in which the album was delivered is is just perfection to me. Shout out to Shaw Money XL, exec, executive producer on that record. Um but again, to me, sentiment's a big, big, big thing. And and, and I remember when I told CJ about about the fact that I'm going to use the Get Rich or Die Trying. Sorry, not the Get Rich or Die Trying. The the Beg for Mercy album as one of as one of my albums for the album club. At first, he was a bit skeptical. But again, it's one of those when I explained to him like how influential it was to me. It suddenly starts to make sense. And that's what the album club is all about. Um what another thing I loved about that album because it's the first time we're being introduced to to each and every member of G Unit. So they all have their own solo joints, you know. Um, on top of that, they go and fucking uh, they and they make great, great fucking tunes um, as as a as a trio as a group because of um, Yeo was in jail at the time. So uh, do you know what I could go on and on about this, but like that album for me. It's gotta be in the album club, one hundred percent. I remember. I remember as soon as dudes uh, got to the Footlocker in London, man, then went to go get them a pair of Hurricanes. Fam. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like the Hurricanes, the you know the the game with the Hurricanes were the game. And then obviously the G Unit sneaks. I remember I had a limited edition pair. CJ, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But things like that, man. Like we'd never seen anything like it, and that era was so iconic and so influential in that sort of way. Um, in terms of again the, the 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 lyrical content delivery and the way in which it, the way in which it was it was delivered, you know, for for example, my buddy, that song's about a gun. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying we were gonna go out and like shoot people up and stuff, but like, you know, they they lived a different sort of lifestyle. You know, their culture and their background were completely different to what we did. But then I related it completely differently. You know, to me, to me, my buddies were were my were my boys, my friends. You know, if I got into shit into trouble. I've got my buddies with me, you know. What is my favorite line in that song? It's Banks again. What is it? Um, he never been broke. He glitched. He's so reliable. I bought him a rubber coat for Christmas, infrared beam, and a scope for distance. The best company you won't approach in business. Eagle ride with me to the end. We all got a friend, and mine is a G U N. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's mad. Like, like I said, we were never gonna go and shoot people up and stuff. But um, I, you know, the way when I heard that song, I. I related it to it completely differently. You know, I got my boys with me, you know. Um, again, like it was just, you know, Buck came through with Footprints. 50 came through on the hook game. Banks came through, just lyrical content. Think, remember Salute General, I salute you. I put a hole in any, trying to shoot you. It ain't nothing because loyalty is what I'm used to. And what I don't do, I have one of my troops do. Homie, we kill you. You know, like even stuff like that, man. Like, I, So I relate to it completely differently and... And everything about that album from start to finish, to me, classic, influential, like just just a, a masterpiece. Until this day, I'll I'll bump it in the car, and it just it just bangs, man. It really, really fucking does from start to finish. Just beautiful, beautiful rap music. And and at the time we were coming up, I believe that was the era where we really, really fell in love with with the game, with hip hop, with rap music. I remember it was like it was the shady aftermath in a scope era. Jay Z was doing a thing with Rockefeller. Like that to me was the era where we we all fell in love with with rap music, with hip hop, with hip hop culture. We understood it. Um, 
and yeah honestly i could go on forever i could really really go on forever in terms of um in numbers and accolades i'm pretty sure it um it sold more than than jay-z's black album if i'm not if i'm not mistaken cj i'm pretty sure it did i'm pretty sure it did i'm, I'm sure i'm sure you'll mention it later though yeah i'm pretty sure so it was yeah 377,000 copies in in its first week of sales do you know what i mean it, it ended up becoming was it two times platinum like do you know what like numbers don't lie as we keep saying do you know what i mean so gotta give beg for mercy it's flowers bros you know what i'm saying oh no doubt no doubt man no doubt man beg for mercy man that whole that whole era was classic man that's that whole g-unit era you know what i'm saying and i'm happy you mentioned shaw money xl as well because shaw money makes some he makes some grimy beats man i, I love g-unit records man so definitely have to put that in, put that on the shelf okay i don't know yeah you had to put it in bro you had to put it in bro. yeah man for sure so um where can we where can we put this one then? Uh, which, which part of the shelf do you want it? Because so, uh, we got um, we got the Pink Floyd joint now. We got the Tupac. We got the Marvin Gaye. We got the uh, Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. We just do uh, Clementine's album to the trash. Um, yeah, I mean we still got space. We still got space. <laughs> Yo, CJ, you know you need to be beaten. You need to be beaten. For some of these points, bro, like you need to be beaten. To the, uh, to, to the Ed Jordan uh, poster right there. So uh, yeah, we'll put Beck for Mercy right balls. next to my my Mike Jordan in the air. You know what I'm saying? Just to let them know what greatness looks like. So nah, man, nah, I fucks with that. You know, I do. Um, so CJ, it's on you now, bro. Talk to us. I I don't want to be predictable, but I had to be for certain reasons for this album. You say that though, predictable to us, yeah. Like I have been, but um, <laughs> the the listeners don't know us like that yet. So so you know, which I'm sure you will get to know. But um, <laughs> I can already guess where we, where this is going. I'm glad it's worked out like this. That this is actually the last album that you you're putting up in the episode. So yeah, go, you got to give it its flowers, man. I know why you're doing it. So uh, do your thing, man. While out. Oh no, no doubt, man. No doubt. So it goes uh, hove on that new shit. Dudes like how come? Dudes want my old shit. Buy my old albums. Dudes stuck on stupid. I gotta keep it moving. Dudes make the same shit. Me, I make the blueprint. We're adding in a Jay-Z 6 studio album. The classic, the blueprint. Now, I just want everyone to know the main reason. Because at first I was thinking about adding in, uh, I wanted to do Young Jeezy's Thug Motivation 101 first, but I was like, nah, nah, nah. I gotta add in the blueprint simply because it turned 20 years old this month. It came out uh, September 11th. Dropped the same day as the Towers. Yeah, so uh, the album dropped the same day as the Twin Towers. You know what I'm saying? But, um, guys, I uh, honestly miss the old hove, man. You know what I mean? This is, this is, this is, this is Jay-Z before Beyonce. You know what I mean? That's, that's the hove I truly miss. This is the Jay-Z I, I really, really fell in love with. Now, I'll give you guys a brief history lesson. So this is like uh, circa 2001. He sold records. He sold out tours. He's won Grammy Awards. Like, really, man? Like, this guy's at the top of the game. What else is there for Jay-Z to do? Oh, don't get it twisted, man. Jay-Z still had some work to do. Because at this point in the game, a lot of people are like, you know what, Jay? He sells records. Yeah, he, lyrically, he's nice. He, he, he's up there, no question about it. But... Does he really have a, a classic album? You know, does he have that magnum opus joint 
Because, I mean, Nas got Illmatic. Biggie has Ready to Die in Life After Death. Snap, even like uh, Lauren Hill did the miseducation of Lauren. Yo, um, I, listen, man, I know you're on your roll right now. I just wanted to interject. I, and obviously, you know, you you the authority on Jay-Z. But we're we just going to overlook reasonable doubt like this? Well, I'm, 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 I'm happy you brought that up. And I, because uh, even at the time, it was like, cool, man. You know, you got reasonable doubt in the chamber. But like when reasonable doubt came out, he wasn't he wasn't really at the top of his game. That's number one. Number two, when reasonable doubt came out, people weren't really fe- feeling reasonable doubt like that. You know, it took a while for for listeners to go back to the album. Like what happened with Marvin Gaye on the "I Want You" record? When those records came out at the point, I mean, the source only gave uh, reasonable doubt four mics when it came out, and they had to revisit the album and give it five mics again. You see what I'm saying? So when reasonable doubt came out at that time, everyone was like, "Yo." This Jay-Z cat, he, he's dope. He's an ill lyricist, but he's not that dude. You see what I'm saying? So at this point in the game, we're like, you need to drop that magnum opus type album now. And that's what everyone was hoping for from Jay-Z. So this is off the strength of the Dynasty record, which was close to being a classic, but wasn't a classic. So what, so what does Jay do on this album? Instead of going for like the big time producers at, at the time, you know, so like the Neptunes, you know, guys like that. He brings in the rookies. I'm talking about a fresh Kanye West. I'm talking about Just Blaze. I'm talking about Bink. And even got Eminem to produce on this record with that Renegade record. And obviously, Timbaland is always on a Jay-Z album. But Timbaland only features on one Jay-Z record. You see what I'm saying? So this album, dude, this album was like from the essence. You know, got the rookies in the, in the, in the lab just Blaze and Kanye going back and forth, you know, competing with each other for who's making the best records. And that's just one one part of what makes this album a classic. That we have to think about, like, this album was recorded in the space of two weeks. So, like, creative-wise, Jay-Z was in the zone. You know what I mean? Like, this is zoned out in the studio, getting these records from Kanye, from Bink, from Just Blaze, back and forth. And another thing about this album, what makes it really beautiful, is, is it's the soul samples, you know? I love my samples. And at this time in the game, around like 2000, 2001, 99, 98, people weren't really using those soul samples anymore, you see what I'm saying? It was more like, it was more Neptune's beats, you know, Swiss beats, that Jiggy era type beats. Like, no one was go- going back into the crates, getting those old school 1970s type records, flipping them over, putting the boom bap on it. And this album kind of went back to that kind of format, you see what I'm saying? Which makes it even more hip-hop. So, like, for me, you know, like, I always talk about, like, how my pops put me on, like, soul music, you know, R&B, disco. So, like, for me to have, like, my favorite rapper in the game, like, rap on, like, Jackson 5 beats, Bobby Bird beats, David Ruffin beats, Al Green, you know, the Persuaders, you know, that just just really hit home for me. And uh, not to mention this album features, like, one of the best diss tracks ever, The Takeover. Where uh, he went on to uh, dissect uh, Nas and Mob Deep, you know, them boys from Queensbridge. Don't let me do it to you, Dunny, because I overdo it. So he won't confuse it with just rap music, you know what I'm saying? And that, that, that beat actually is produced by Kanye West, and it's got the Doors 5 to 1 sample that, you know, and that, and, 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 take it over. You see what I'm saying? You know, this is just, just the whole album is just so hip hop for me. You know, other notable songs I had to mention was, you know, Izzo. I mean, Hove rapping on the Jackson 5, I Want You Back beat. That was just, like, so classic. Because at the same time, it's like, 
yo, this is obvious you would rap on this beat, right? But no one ever did it before. Like, just get that Jackson 5 beat and just spit those spit those bars on it. You know, those perspective raps that I love from Jay-Z. You get the legendary, you don't know, you don't know what you're doing, doing. I'm from the streets where the hood is swallowing me, bullets are following me. There's so much coke that you can run the slalom and cops comb this shit top to bottom. You know what I'm saying? That's uh, with Just Blaze on the beat. You got the Girls, Girls, Girls produced by Just Blaze as well. Song Cry. You know Song Cry? I love that tune, man. I, I, that song reminds me of one of my ex-girlfriends. I won't tell anyone. Maybe Relationships Part 8. I'll, I'll let you know about the story. But Song Cry, Never Change. Kanye produced where he hits you with the I lost 92 bricks, had a fall back. Knock a dude off his feet, but I crawl back. Had A1 credit, got more crack. From the fifth, from the first to the fifth, gave it all back. If I'm not a hustler, what you call that? This is before rap. This is all fact. I never changed, man. And then, of course, we get the uh, the lyrical slugfest. You know, you know that classic track, The Renegade. Two of the best MCs in the game at that point. Eminem and Jay-Z. And that beat, man. That beat from M. I still want to know if M made, really made that beat. Because, you know, M's beats don't sound like that renegade beat. You know what I'm saying? But I've got a feeling Nick might have something to say about that and jump in. Um, go on then. <laughs> you, you, you get Bro, that um, sorry. Let me just jump in on that. Uh, that Love Me beat he did with Obi Trice. That's, that sounds exactly like the renegade beat. And also the it's running the track that he... Yeah, and the running track he produced for uh, Tupac and, and Biggie had that whole vibe as well. So I just wanted to say that. <laughs> See? I told you. Anyway, keep going. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Appreciate that. No, 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 no doubt, man. You, you see, this, this, this album, The Blueprint, this is... This is Jay-Z finally becoming the king of New York, establishing himself as one of the best MCs to ever do it. You know, to do it on such soulful beats, just just classic hip-hop type beats. That's, it just made it even better. You know, the introduction of Kanye West and Just Blaze, and not to mention the album, as soon as it came out, it got five mics. It was able to sell 600,000 records. And this is during when the Twin Towers dropped, you know what I'm saying? Like, you shouldn't have sold any records at that point. Still managed to sell 600,000 records first week. Tell him if it won a Grammy. Uh, Actually, it never did win a Grammy. It was nominated for a Grammy, but it didn't win a Grammy. That's a good point. It actually didn't win a Grammy. I think the Grammy went to the Marshall Mathers LP. So, whew, competition was stiff that year, man. But, um... To me, to me, if you're talking about like, yo, CJ, where do you rank this album as far as just Jay Z is concerned? I think it's his best album ever. For me, it goes uh, Blueprint, Reasonable Doubt, and then you can argue Black Album, 444, American Gangster, all those joints. But for me, this is the best album. It's Hove in his prime. It's him taking over the game, establishing himself as the illest in the game to do it, telling everyone like, yo. And if I ain't better than Big, I'm the closest one. You know that was just that was that was the attitude that that year when he dropped this album, and I love it to death. You know what I'm saying? So for me, this album has to go into the album club. Uh, we're gonna we're also gonna put it right next to that Michael Jordan uh, poster because you know Jay's the Mike Jordan of rap. You see what I'm saying? So gotta add this into into the collection real quick, man. The Blueprint, 2001. Happy birthday. Happy anniversary. Okay, okay. We've done this then, yeah? Nick, what you saying, bro? Happy anniversary. I love that, man. I love that breakdown. I've been looking forward to this, man, for a long time, just uh, hearing you break down these albums, man. I, I, I like it when you when you get your insights on them, especially that Marvin Gaye record, because like I said, um, I never really gave it the time of day that it deserved. So 
thanks for putting me on on that one again, man. I appreciate you. No, 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 no doubt, man. Dude, thanks for putting us on the on the dark side of the moon, bro. Like, yo, dude, do you, do you know how nice you have to be to mention a, a Pink Floyd record, man? Sheesh, dude, not a lot of people know about that album, man. Like, you know what you forgot to mention? It's just the album cover, you know what I mean, for for, for that joint. That's a classic album cover. You know, that, that era, the 70s, I, I, I love the album covers from that from those eras, you know? Yeah, man, Nick, like, you know what? That's a very good point, CJ, actually. um, Nick... You killed it with that, with that, with that review. You know, you really did. Yeah, man, I definitely see uh, certainly some iconic artwork, and uh, I, I think dudes are still getting tattoos of that to this day, yeah. man. Uh, you you got all those like alternative white boys wearing the t-shirts with the with the album artwork. So yeah, man, I, I did forget to mention that. But while we're on artworks, man, that Marvin Gaye, I want you record. Uh, like you said, man, it's just been flipped so many times. Like, and and that's how you know it was a piece of art. Uh, in and of itself as well because like the whole product not just the music but even the artwork for the records like you said those days it was it was different man because and i think that's got something to do we've lost that now because it's the streaming era right but back in the day you used to buy the vinyl you owned that man you'd open it up you know you'd appreciate it It was all big it wasn't like disc size like you know it's the vinyl size and so um yeah yeah man the way times have changed man like i remember back then it was it was a work of art from from the imagery and the artwork to to the music as well man like and that's why we again i say it i've said it time and time again throughout this episode that's why that's why we that's why we talked about these records man it's the album club do you know what i mean no no definitely man definitely that that's you know that that's one thing you know you just sometimes you just look at the record like what is this album about you know and that's why I say, like, you, you look at the artwork and then you put it in and then the album manages to blow your mind. Because, you know, sometimes you might get a record like that and just disappoints you, you know what I'm saying? But, like, to add to the fact that the album's a classic, too, like, the music that was produced, the lyrics, the vibe it gives you, you know? And that's why we're recommending these albums to the kids, too, you know, just so they, they can go back and revert to those joints, too. It's not just about, like, Migos and all that stuff, man. There's a lot of beautiful music that was made prior to us coming up. Hundred percent. No, I concur fully. And on that note, um, I think you know I speak for for yourself and for Fatson as well when I say we really want to hear from the listeners. You need to reach out, hit us up in the DMs. Let us know. Let us know where your classic record is, where your classic album is, because you know we're heads out here. We're music heads first and foremost, and we're going to be listening to all this stuff. Uh, we'll listen to your records. And um, you know we want to start breaking down some some suggestions from 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 y'all. So uh, send them in. Hit CJ up. Hit Fadson up. Hit me up. Put it in the DM, and, and we'll listen to it, man. We'll listen to every single one, and uh, we might even chop it up on the on the next episode, man. Yo, Nick, chill, man. I thought I told you know your role, man. It's my podcast, bro. <laughs> no, I'm the real man. Like you, you've made a very good point there. Um, this episode, the album club, is all about the engagement. So we've we've broken down, you know, our our two favorites um, or or influential albums, and what and and we've explained uh, the reasons why we've got them in the album club and what they mean to us individually. So we want to hear from you guys. That's what we want to do. We want to hear from from the listeners, from our our followers. You know, as we said in the intro, use the hashtag TLSD Album Club. You know, hit us up in the DMs. At Fatson03, the Fatson Podcast, the Lifestyles Deep, 
you know and 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 we and like nick said we want to you know we want to we want to spin spin the, the the best ones you know in the next episode of the album club so so yeah man hit us up the lifestyle's deep as you all know my personal handle is ll chris jr you know ladies love chris so they used to <laughs> hey bro just relax man this is in relationships bro just accept the stocks and bond situation is is a bit dead at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on the stocks LL and Christian bonds Jr. took a knock. I understand. <laughs> and he blames me and says it's my fault as well, man. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> it's heavy beat. <laughs> so yeah, that's the album club. Um, and to our listeners that have been there, we appreciate the support and the love. Um, and make sure you hit us up, man. Like we we really want to hear from you guys. We want to engage and we will review the best three. Tell us your stories. Tell us exactly what we've done. You do the same and and, and we'll review it, you know. Um, Nick, I know you're on a tight schedule. Always a pleasure, my brother. That's all I'm going to say for now. <laughs> what do you got to say to the people before we sign out, bro? Um, Yeah, no, all I got to say is is uh, I appreciate the listenership. I appreciate the engagement. Uh, um, I, I'm glad that, that, you know, you guys like it. Uh, people reaching out uh we're we good and bad keep it coming just keep engaging uh, i want to say thank you to you fast for having me on again uh you know i love chopping it up with you guys uh, about music cj thanks for pushing us to do this and 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 pushing me as well to get it done fast and said i'm i'm on a tight schedule i'm actually catching a flight tomorrow as you know uh but i'm glad we did this i'm really glad we did this and uh you know i got put on to some some dope music as well so uh it is what it is man i'll be blazing those classic albums the ones that we put up you know on the shelf uh all the way to sweden and i'll, I'll hit you all up when i get there man it's all love bro it's all love c to the j <laughs> i don't even know i don't even know if i should be nervous or or what for 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 what your your message is gonna be but um what you say my brother they don't want to see us you know these little podcast dudes jacking our top five trying to be us <laughs> killing the podcast game ain't fair but somebody's gotta <laughs> do it right fan <laughs> hey fiery shots already as always originators nothing greater like i said when you believe in your product the numbers speak for themselves, you know. <laughs> Ain't that right, CJ? No, I mean you're you're definitely right, but I don't even think we're the best right now. I think we're just a couple of humble dudes trying to make it in the game. You know what I'm saying? Just trying to make it in the game, fat. Just trying to do our own thing, having fun on these podcasts, <laughs> trying to change lives and make a difference. And you know what? Seriously, though. It's therapy, man, like we keep saying it is. It really is. And, and yeah, we're just trying to do our bit to, you know, to help ourselves and help everyone else, you know. Fad, you're talking about originality right now. Please, please. We got to send a shout out to my big brother, Harry, because he's the one responsible for the artwork. You know what I'm saying? Everyone saw the album club hashtag artwork. My my, uh, my big bro, Harry, is responsible for that. And the reason we have to send a shout out to him, too, is because which other podcasts you know right now keeps giving you the artwork too, as long along with the dope content, man. We just gave them the wrestling club, and the wrestling club numbers are insane right now. The wrestling club numbers took me by surprise. Like you know, they've been absolutely crazy. Shout out to Shano. Um, actually, fuck that. Shout out to everyone that's actually supported and listened and and liked and commented and subscribed and all that. You know, it's it's thanks Th- to you thank guys. You, thank you to everyone, man. Really appreciate that. Really appreciate that. And I um I just hope they appreciate this one too because this one was from the heart as usual. You know what I'm saying? 
that's all we do, man. We just give you everything from the heart, man. Yep, man, from the heart. Just two humble guys from Blantai, Malawi, just trying to make a difference, you know. And and like I said, we're back, back with nothing but the best and most original content out there. So you best believe it, you know. I know, I know. I, I, I definitely feel you on that one. So, like, all the listeners who really listen to this, guys, listen to me. Like, share it, give it to your homies, because we do this for y'all, man. We're trying to get better for y'all people. So, in turn, just like, share it, just do it for us, you know what I'm saying? And obviously, we told you about the hashtag, the hashtag TLSD Album Club. Do it for us. We do it for y'all all the time. You understand? Yes, indeed. The TLSD Album Club. CJ, any last words? Oh, uh, yeah. Talking about from the heart. You know, what I'm saying, fat. I, I just, I just gotta, I just gotta send out a shout out to uh, the most important and the most beautiful woman in my life, my heart, my soul, my everything, and she knows it too. I want to send a shout out, a happy birthday to my mother, Grace Kanyuka. The, the illest, best, most beautiful woman I've, I've ever met, known in my life, you know. She turns 40 today. You know, she had me when she was really young. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, relax. Mom, don't get mad at me right now. <laughs> no, but honestly, Mom, you know I love you. Thank you for supporting and listening to the podcast, too. She listens to it every week as well. You know, she's like, guys, can you chill out on the swear words? But I'm like, Mom, we're growing up, but it is what it is. Mom, we love you. And the Fats and Podcast, TLSD, happy birthday. Have a lovely one. We got you. Hit me up anytime. And thank you for everything, Bob. Thank you very much indeed, Auntie Grace. Um, you've seen us grow from from young boys to grown men out here doing our podcast and, and trying to make a difference as we keep on saying. Happy birthday to all you, Auntie Grace. This one is for you. Thank you for believing in us, supporting us, and, and always having our backs and holding us down. Happy birthday from from CJ and I at the Fats and Podcast. We love you. We really do. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, I'm going to sign out. So for me, Fatson. You originated none greater. (laughs) The lifestyle is deep. Vince McMahon of the podcast (laughs) came. And until the next time we're out here, we're outside. Hey.